Welcome back to another episode of Conservative Conversations with your host, Reed and Frank. And it's a rainy afternoon on this April 5th of 2020. Are you snoring, Frank? 2022. Oh, shit. I mean, poop. <laughs> I said 2020, didn't I? Yep. <laughs> oh, I had a Biden moment there. <laughs> but anyway... Yeah, anyway, I'm doing pretty well, <laughs> except for the rain. It makes me sleepy. I yep. just woke up from a nap just a, about an hour ago. <laughs> yep, it's one of those days here in Ohio. Yep. And with that, we'll go ahead and jump right into the news, and I believe, Frank, you're going to kick it off. All right, yeah, well, um, I was not so shocked to see, more interested to see, that uh, Kamala Harris has had another staff member quit. This time it's her chief of staff, a guy named Michael Fuchs, something like that. F-U-C-H-S is the guy's name. Hmm, I've not heard it pronounced, so who knows? Yeah, I don't know how to say it either. kind of <laughs> looks like a dirty word, but I won't pronounce it that way. And you said it's her chief of staff? Yeah. That's like one of the top people. Yep. Jeez. Yep, he's going to step down and just be like... um whatever they call it, vice chief of staff until May, and then he's totally out. Hmm. But he has stepped down from being chief of staff right now. And so I looked it up because I know, you know, she must be pretty hard to work with. We've heard these stories before. Yeah, there's been another one like a month or so ago. Yeah, so I actually looked up a list, and here's the full list of everybody that's left. Um, Let's see, her deputy press secretary, Sabrina Singh, the chief spokesman, Simone Sanders, mm-hmm. we knew about that one. The deputy director of public engagement and intergovernmental affairs, Vincent Evans, he quit. Director of Harris's press operations, Peter Vells. Uh, the vice presidential national security advisor, Nancy McElldowney, McElldowney. Huh. Boy, that's a hard one to say. Yeah. And director of speechwriting, Kate Childs Graham. <laughs> so that's a big list. This yeah. Makes... Well, especially like her press person and that speechwriter. I mean, she's terrible with both her speeches and anytime she really has to interact with the press. That's, that's, uh, you know, either they weren't doing her a very good job or she just doesn't listen to anything they got to say. So they just weren't going to deal with it anymore. Seems well, like... that makes seven big people. To stop working for her. Yeah. So, I just wonder, you know, with a track record like that, who's going to sign on and right. want to work with her? Well, and, you know, if you go back to when Trump was in office, anytime somebody would leave, the press would make a huge fuss out of it. Yeah. I don't know, saying how incompetent this administration is because they keep losing people and cycling through and churning employees. And here we go with this administration. They're losing people pretty much left and right. I just heard, I guess it would have been yesterday, that old Jen Psaki is going to be on her way out in a month or so. Heading straight over to MSNBC. Oh, you're kidding. No, it's already leaked that she's going over there. Oh, that's gross. Yeah. And it's apparently no big deal that... It's basically already confirmed that she'll be going there, and she's still fielding 
questions from, from MSNBC. Yeah, her future co-workers, basically. Conflict of interest. Well, not not to them. Not to them. Everything's above board in this administration. Well, the, we all know that they work hand-in-hand hand with the Democrats anyway. Yeah. I mean, if you think yep. back to, what was it, 2016, where mm-hmm. they leaked the debate questions to oh, Hillary. Yep. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> well, we always make jokes that in the morning they they all share notes. Oh, yeah. Because especially when something big kind of happens, or especially with... Republicans or other conservatives, they're all saying the same phrases over and over and over. Yep. Like they're sharing notes. So, yes, it's no surprise at all. Yeah. I just feel bad for whoever does have to step up and, you know, fill this vacancy now and work with Kamala. Yeah, it's going to be tough. It doesn't seem like very many people want to do it. So, I guess anybody that does do it is. Hopefully he likes the paychecks they're getting. Because that'd <laughs> yeah. be pretty much the only thing that'd get me to do it. Yeah, or, you know, even if they go in with some kind of respect for Kamala, sure. it seems like they might... Come uh, out without it. Yeah, <laughs> lose it pretty quickly. Yeah. And no surprise, it's... It's, uh... I'm sure we'll see more, especially with Kamala Harris around. Oh, yeah. I mean, what? we're only into their second year. Yep. Definitely. Is that all you got for that topic? Yeah, that was it. You know, just to say that I wasn't shocked and then to pull up the list of those seven big names. Well, I think that kind of adjacently ties into my topic with uh, the big news that yesterday at the time that we're recording, Elon Musk is now the largest individual shareholder of Twitter. And I believe he owns at least 9.2% of the company, which is more than Jack Dorsey owns, surprisingly. He, Jack Dorsey only, only owns 2.5% of Twitter. Hmm. And the reason why I kind of think that ties in sort of is you know, a lot of people are thinking that he'll be able to make some changes how Twitter operates and, you know, how they're always censoring or banning conservatives and all that stuff. Yeah. And, um, you know, not last year, but uh, when the election was happening, we all know about Twitter uh, censoring the New York Post with their article about uh, Hunter Biden and his laptop. So hopefully... As the largest shareholder, you know, Elon Musk will be able to help make some changes to how they operate and make it a more, you know, free speech platform. Well, we can hope that. Right. But I think I saw something up on our website at uh, contemporaryconservative.net in our... um, What is it? The the news across the web. web. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think I saw a headline that said something that Twitter would not reinstate Trump, even though Elon's on there and wants it to be fairer and all that. So I don't know exactly what he's going to be able to bring to the table, but I hope he leads it in a better direction. Right. Well, um, I mean, this, there's, there's pretty much two ways to go about 
changing the institutions, which we sort of talked about with our show uh, we did with uh, the resistance, um, you can either build your own, which is sort of what the Daily Wire is doing. They're starting their own entertainment division, putting out movies that aren't woke. They're starting their own kids' content, um, their own book publishers, stuff like that. So you can either build your own, which could be hard to do, or you can take a page out of some the liberals' book and do what they call activist investing, which is essentially what Elon Musk has done, is where you know people try to get large stakes in publicly traded companies so they have a better sway of how that company operates and you know whether or not they you know invest towards you know like um oil and gas and stuff like that which right most liberal people would try to get a company to steer away from right so i think you know other than elon musk making his own new platform which he sort of hinted at that he might do, but then you got to worry about trying to get everybody to move over there. Yeah. Because everybody's so used to using Twitter, and same with YouTube, and, you know, Rumble is kind of the conservative competitor, if you will. I don't know if they see themselves as that, but it's where people like Steven Crowder are trying to get more of their viewers to go to. So it's either, you know... Trying to get people to migrate, which is hard to do because everybody's so used to the the one thing, or you do kind of what Elon Musk just did: buy your way into the company so you have, you know, a little bit of a foot in the door to try to get some changes made. Yeah. So, kind of like what you said, I, we don't know how much of a change you'll be able to make, but it definitely seems like there could be some positive outcomes to it i think anyway yeah well yeah. it's interesting to me is that all you were going to say yep and that's pretty much all i have on that it's interesting to me that you brought up the hunter biden mm-hmm. um laptop thing in in some of that that you were talking about yep. because that's i saw a couple of headlines as we were preparing you know today's show notes about Hunter, mm-hmm. and um, it seems like that guy just can't stay out of the news. And uh, so I saw a couple of interesting headlines I wrote down. I'll share the less interesting one first, but there's a story out about how he's living somewhere out in, like, Malibu, I think it is. Oh, yep, I heard this with the security detail or what, Secret Service. Yeah, and so he's at some kind of, like, mansion somewhere. Yeah, it is Malibu. Um, he lives in some kind of mansion on like a, almost a one acre plot of land up on a hill, very secluded, gorgeous Mm -hmm. ocean views and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And instead of having his secret service detail live in this mansion with him, they're renting the one next door and it's costing taxpayers $30,000 a month for them to live right next door to Hunter to be able to protect him and whatever and uh, monitor his activities and whereabouts and, you know, whatever it is that they they do. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty crazy. Stories like this seem to follow Hunter around, Mm $30,000 a month. Um, But then the more interesting one 
is, you know, a lot of people, um, a lot of the big news companies, uh, even some of the lefty liberal ones, Mm -hmm. um, the New York Times and such, they've come around and they've started backpedaling and saying that, you know, the laptop story was real. Oh, yeah. And that... Uh, there was questionable materials on there, and there's questionable ties to you know all this money he was getting overseas from uh, Burisma and from China and and these different things. And uh, this guy named Hugo Gurdon, Hugo Gurdon from the Washington Examiner, uh, he's out saying he was he recently did a segment with uh, what's her name shauna breams or oh, shanna breams shanna breams mm-hmm, on fox yeah on fox mm-hmm. um he came over and they talked about a couple of different things but um the, uh, you know i'm kind of picking on the hunter biden aspect of it right now um but anyway in this interview with miss breams he says that a biden indictment is a real possibility now mm-hmm. because yeah, apparently you you've seen this where yeah the headline yeah mm-hmm. they've um apparently impaneled a grand jury already and they're they've been provided with some of the particulars mm-hmm. about these deals and stuff so apparently it's just you know could happen any day now that he could actually be indicted and brought up on charges yeah that would be good that big man baby of a well, person, <laughs> he seems to always get himself in trouble, and most people, especially on the left, just brush it off like it's nothing. So I think, uh, yeah, this would be good stuff, and especially as we get closer to 2024, if this actually happens, that's I think that'll definitely be damaging to the Democrats, even if it isn't Joe Biden running again. I think it'll just kind of have a bad look for their party, and... Well, yeah, and if if he were indicted, if he were actually to be found guilty on any kind of crimes, which I don't know what they'll charge him with, maybe. I don't know. Do you think espionage or something? I, I don't know. I what don't they even can... know what they would charge him with either. Yeah, like. F- at first, I was about to say embezzlement, but I don't think that would really count. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Just being a shady person. Yeah. But anyway. <laughs> Well, I uh, guess that could like it... bring up, like, the potential thought that, you know, if it doesn't really seem like they got any good charges, is this just a show? Somebody trying to put on a show for something? Well, I mean, just because we can't come up with what the particular charges are doesn't mean that they're not out there and available. Sure. Um, I mean, I can True. tell you my personal opinion. I think he's guilty as hell. I think we've oh, known yeah. it since, yeah. what, 20... 2019. 2019, at <laughs> yeah. least. So, uh, and and here, just to piggyback on the last story, I I said if we can throw him in jail for any reason, that would sure save the taxpayers a lot of money. Yeah, yeah, right about that. I don't think he'd need any damn Secret Service detail right. living out of a Malibu mansion if he were in federal prison somewhere. <laughs> right. You know, when you were talking about that. He has the Secret Service living next door. I mean, that makes me think, like, what's he got going on so much in his house that he can't be bothered to have Secret Service there? Well, it's interesting. Put him elsewhere. It's actually really interesting that you bring that up because um, it's in the story, which, you know, will be posted in the show notes. Um, But 
they do a comparison to Jared Kushner and Ivanka Trump, mm-hmm. and they didn't live with their Secret Service detail either. Oh, okay. But they lived right in D.C., and the Secret Service had to get a nearby apartment to them, mm-hmm. and that only cost the taxpayers three grand per month. But well. the funny thing <laughs> is, is of course the liberals were all up in arms when, when it was Jared and Ivanka. Uh-huh. But now it's Hunter, and it's ten times the price. They're not even in D.C. They're out in Malibu, and it's no big deal. (laughs) Well, yeah, I guess you know everybody likes their privacy, but yeah, it's a expense of the taxpayers likes that. I mean, just because you're the president's son, what? Why should we automatically just let you? You know, bill the taxpayers thirty grand a month just to put your Secret Service next door, because you want to live on a hill in Malibu. Yeah, I mean it is a little gauche. Yeah, at least be reasonable about it. Yeah, I mean you could at least move up closer to D.C. Right. For goodness sakes, I mean I'm sure there are some nice places in Arlington, but that wouldn't be that expensive as Malibu. Well, you don't even have to live in, you know, in D.C., just somewhere else, maybe well, Arlington's Cal- Virginia. Oh, well, you yeah. mean the cheaper place in California? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't know how much cheaper you're going to get. It's California, but still, do you have to have your secluded little hill next to the beach, Hunter? No. Well, he probably does. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. I've heard doing coke just ain't the same without an ocean view. <laughs> I guess that's probably true. The smell of salt in the air and the smell of the the Bolivian marching powder is something sweet. It's good uh, for those messed up sinuses. That's right. Clear right out. Help help unclog that Parmesan cheese you got oh, stuck. Oh, that's right. Uh, anyway, was that take us on to my next one? Yes, sir. I think it does. Well, it's kind of related. We go from one beach sort of to the next beach down in uh, Florida. I got a little bit of an article here. Ta- well, here's another tie. Taxpayer of money being wasted. Up in the great city of New York, the mayor is running billboards in five major cities in Florida that are trying to attract uh, you know, the LGBTQIA plus symbol, tilde, all that stuff, back to the New York after this air quotes, scare quotes, don't say gay bill. And uh, I got a few examples of what some of these... Well, who is the mayor up there? Are you talking about Eric Adams? or Yeah, Eric Adams, the supposedly more moderate mayor. I just want to make sure I was remembering correctly. Yep. I did just wake up from a nap. Yeah, it ain't de Blasio anymore, but I bet you if you ask some people, they wouldn't be able to tell the difference. But anyway, let's see. Here, where'd my notes go? Okay. All right, this is... One of the billboards that's are running. Okay. Loud, proud, and allowed. <laughs> Apparently, you're not allowed to be gay in Florida. That's what that billboard would suggest. 
And let's see, I got another one that's pretty good. That's, uh, ba -ba -ba. hold on. Oh, here we go. People say a lot of ridiculous things in New York, but don't say gay is not one of them. <laughs> so do you think these billboards, which I'm trying to get a number on how much this is going to cost the taxpayers in New York City, because there's five of them in five major cities of Florida, like Jacksonville, Orlando, I think West Palm Beach, Tampa, and somewhere else. Probably Miami. Um, probably. But they're running these ads, because we know about this supposed bill in Florida that's going to be harmful to gay people and transgender people and kids. Not just people, but the kids, the gay kids and transgender kids in Florida. Gay kids. <laughs> right? And I'm sitting here thinking... You know, one, it's a big waste of taxpayers' money because most people have already been leaving New York to go to Florida because of high taxes, crime, you know, previously owners' COVID restrictions, which yeah. I don't know how much New York's relaxed on that, but that was one reason why a lot of people were leaving. And here, you're running five billboards in a fairly gay-friendly state about uh, a law that either most of these people don't understand or they're purposely misconstruing it. And I don't think it's going to work. Yeah. <laughs> well, part of it's kind of sick, too. You yeah. Know? Talking about that gay kids. I mean, it's horrible sexualizing minors. Right. I mean, it's just perverted i don't care what the you know how should i put this i don't care what an individual's beliefs are sure. or whatever but you don't need to go shoving that on anybody's kid right well it isn't any teacher's right to be doing so mm -hmm. stuff like that and this is a topic i actually hope um Soon we can get on somebody who lives in Florida that is part of the, well, I don't like saying the LGBTQ community. That's what the leftists call it. But somebody who is gay or lesbian who lives in Florida. Because I'd like to see, you know, what their take on it is as somebody that lives there and sees and hears the local news covering this topic. So hopefully uh, I might be able to get somebody on soon in the future to talk about that. Did you have any ideas about that, or it's just a, a hope of yours? Oh, uh, I know who I can ask. It's just a matter of if if they'd be willing to do so. Yeah. But hopefully— I mean, because that would be interesting, because I'd love to see if they could acknowledge— that the two often go hand-in-hand, in hand, those sort of more liberal sentiments about— you know, this kind of behavior, the drag queen hour, the mm -hmm. the sending the little kids to these camps, you know, right. you've yeah. heard about some of these camps yeah. where they dress up in drag and whatever. And, um, and then to put it together with the Disney story where, you know, all these people are turn out to be 
you know, pedophiles, some right. of them, and and mm-hmm. uh, sexual deviants, and and uh, harboring child pornography on their, you know, home computers right. and whatever. And um, I don't know. I just think there's definitely something there. I mean, I'd never want to paint with a broad brush and say sure. that's the point, or all these people are sick, or whatever. You right. know, I don't think that's the case. But there does seem to be a correlation right. between the two. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, but anyway, I think this is, to get back to the this New York City mayor's billboards, I think it's going to be a big waste of their city's taxpayers' money because I don't think it's going to be effective at all. Because I, I haven't seen any specific articles covering studies, but I've heard other commentators talk about recent polls that even a large majority of you know gay and lesbian people even in florida oppose or i mean not oppose the bill but or for the bill but oppose what you know what they're trying to do to the kids yeah so i think it's going to be a huge fail (laughs) and it's just another example of them like blowing something out of proportion, then well, and bandwagoning, yeah, bandwagoning, and, virtue signaling, yeah, all that stuff. Yeah, when it's almost cringeworthy or yeah, it is, really. especially because you know, because one of the billboards I think that they have just says the word "gay" on it a bunch of times. Gay, 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 gay. It's like you guys are so immature. Like, yeah, that's not anything related to this bill. And you're just, that's all you're caught up on, especially like uh, not the Oscars when those female hosts say they're gonna have a gay night, and they all just start saying gay, 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 gay over and over. Like, come on, <laughs> uh, it is cringeworthy. It's just ridiculous, immature behavior. Yeah. But what's what else do you expect from leftists? Right? Well, that's exactly what I would expect. <laughs> Right. Yep. But that's pretty much it for my topics. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I wanted to talk about this Supreme Court pick. Sure. Um, Katanji Jackson is her mm-hmm. name, and it's actually kind of interesting, you know, uh, coming from the Florida topic over to this because, you know, they've been having these hearings up uh, at the Senate Judiciary level. Um, over her appointment and some of the things that she's ruled on have been child pornography cases Mm -hmm. have been um child rape child abuse cases and some of this has come up you know a lot of the there will be a i think four four links under this topic um in today's show notes but the a lot of the republican senators are really not too happy with her and they really dug into some of the particulars in her record and some of her decision making. And there were at least two big instances. Um, one where a guy, he, let's see if I can remember what he did. He, he raped his 13 year old cousin Mm. and he was, the government wanted him to serve for 24 months in prison and then go on probation for four years. Well, Katanji Jackson said, 
uh, I don't have the exact quote, but she said one of those particular buzzword phrases that the liberals use, and she said that, um, you know, discrimination against this guy or whatever because of his history, his track record, she said was sort of why the government was asking for two years, and she felt that it wasn't fair. So she only sentenced him to one year in prison, including time served. So we're actually talking less than a year, uh-huh. um, you know, from sentencing anyway. But uh, and then four years of probation. Well, guess what? After he serves his whatever the difference was, nine months, eight months, or I'm whatever, sure he, he got gets out, out. Did it again? Yeah, to, I mean, to a lesser degree, but yeah, he ended up babysitting some, or being somewhere near where kids were being babysat. Oh, I think he got a job at a, um, believe it or not, I think he got a job at a daycare because he provided false information and didn't register as a sex offender. <laughs> and he ended up uh, trying to digitally penetrate a girl. Oh, gosh. And perform oral sex on her. Uh, and I think she was a family member of his as well. Wonderful. And um, so the girl tries to press charges against him. And she's the one, I think, who raised the flag that he hadn't registered properly as a sex mm-hmm. offender. And uh, the man ended up bribing the girl. 2500 bucks, Got her to shut her mouth, recant. Wow. Yeah. That's sad. So that got brought up. And then apparently there there were others. I don't want to sit here and cycle through these sure. uh, headlines right here, right now. But um, I don't know. So it was interesting to me. Lindsey Graham spoke up, and he said that he's never not voted to confirm a, a Supreme Court nominee. Yeah, I saw that too, but this is going to be his first one. This will be his first one yeah. because he said that she's way to the left of anybody mm-hmm. normal. She's way yeah. out there on the left. She, um, he's, he gave an example from when Trump was still in office or something regarding a Trump era rule, um, you know, because she's been at one of the lesser courts right now. Mm-hmm. So she went out of her way, according to Lindsey Graham, to provide uh, a temporary injunction against some Trump era rule. I, I don't know. I could pull it up in the article here. That you folks could go find the article for yourselves and read it. <clears throat> but she did. She issued a temporary injunction against something that ended up being overturned anyway because it was perfectly legal. Mm-hmm. And he said that that was proof enough for him. You know, set aside all this sexual misconduct stuff and uh, the sentencing issues. Um, he said he can tell that she's going to be the type of person who has an agenda. She wants to see an outcome. Mm-hmm. And she's going to get it come, high or, come hell or high water. You know, she's going to put everything else aside and just say, let's get the outcome we're going for. Well, I think that kind of shows in her choices to go very low sentencing, because that's the outcome she wants. Well, yeah, and it's in this idea. Of course, you know, I'm sorry if I didn't say this before, but the perpetrator in the last case was African-American, like she is. Oh, And so that's kind of where I was going with that whole, there's a disparaging track record blah 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 whatever it's right. it's unjust because black people are so oppressed and whatever, <laughs> you know so she's trying to undo that all these right. years of oppression and 
and let these rape victims rape, man. <laughs> Just let them do it because they're they're African American, damn it. So yep. Well, <clears throat> but um. Anyway, the one other thing I have to say on that is. I've been wondering, you know, the Supreme, I mean, excuse me, the Senate is split 50 50. Mm-hmm. Even the committees are evenly split 50 50. So in this case, the um, Judiciary Committee right now is split 11 Dems and 11 Republicans, 11 to 11. So I've been wondering, how in the hell is this even going to move forward? I mean, we've talked before mm-hmm. about how it's not that big of a deal, you know, right. that, that we're replacing. Breyer with, with another liberal, because right. he's a liberal. Um, but I have kind of wondered about the particulars, but I, in one of these four articles, or maybe a couple of them, it talks about what the cure is for the split Judiciary Committee vote. So if it votes right down the line, 11 to 11, then it moves over to the whole Senate. Uh-huh. And they have to vote on whether or not it can come out of committee. Right. Well, I have already heard that our three major Republican squishes yep. are going to vote for uh, Murkowski, uh, Collins, and Romney. Yeah. Well, in these four articles, only Collins is mentioned. But I absolutely believe you about the other two squishes because mm-hmm. of the nature of who they are. Yep. But... um. But yeah, so apparently when they when it comes out of committee and goes over to the full Senate floor, mm-hmm. they're just going to be voting on whether or not it can come out of committee right. first, and they only need a simple majority yeah. to do it. Then it'll actually move to an actual like confirmation vote, right? Because it will be be considered out of committee at that point, right? So I think it'd be interesting to see the differences. Um, I think there probably will be some differences in the vote, the final vote, mm-hmm. because for the first one, for it to just come out of committee, I mean, fuck. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> Shit. That's we're okay. On, we're on the right. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, what's so hard to agree to about that? Can it come out of committee? Sure. Yeah. Big deal. It comes out of committee. So I bet that one may actually be your 53 votes. Mm-hmm. Yes. But I think it'd be interesting to see on the final vote for confirmation mm-hmm. if it stays at 53 or if it's going to get closer to a 51. Well, I'm trying to remember, does the judicial nominee, does that require a 51 or a 60 votes? I, th- I believe it takes 51. Okay. Yeah, if it does, then I feel like they're definitely going to get... get get all of them that they need, especially with those three Republicans joining the Democrats. Yeah. I think it, it used to be 60. Yeah. But I think they changed it. I think it was um, old Harry Reid. And then we told them, the Republicans said, you mm-hmm. guys will regret this. Yep. And that's why when Trump was in, we were able to just slam Yeah, through. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Well... Uh, it doesn't really surprise me that much. I kind of, I kind of didn't really see any good reason why she'd get completely held up and not make it at all. I mean, but she does seem to be pretty radical. Yeah, I definitely see that. 
She seems, I mean, Graham says that I'm just echoing him, but she seems to be more liberal than Breyer, mm-hmm. more liberal than uh, Sotomayor, mm-hmm. and more liberal than, uh, what's the one, it starts with a K. Kagan? Kagan, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, and I know how some of them act, these yeah. these lefties. So once they get her on there, it's going to be, I bet it's going to be like, you know, pedal to the floor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I mean, besides her ideologies and stuff, I'm sure I've mentioned this about some other people in the past. Uh, I don't know what it is about her other than there's something about the way she speaks that just rubs me wrong. Yeah. When I don't, I don't like, like some of her facial expressions and stuff, she she rubs me as like a very much a Hillary Clinton type. She seems very smug. Mm, yep, mm-hmm. I kind of get that. Yeah, just full of herself. Yep. <clears throat> and this sometimes, I think, is what what does it for me with some people in the way they talk is she seems to speak too properly. Like she's trying too hard to speak properly. Like yeah. she's really clear on like her pronunciations of words she emphasizes f's and of's and th's and the's and stuff like that i mean other than you know like i've said before about some people it seems to rub me the wrong way i don't know why i haven't figured it out but she's another one of them yeah something gives me the creepy crawlies about her (laughs) Well, and you'll have to write to us and let us know if uh, she maybe gives you the creepy crawlies, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How you think this might go. And you can send us any of your feedback on any of the topics we covered today. If you think Elon Musk is going to shake up Twitter. If you think these billboards in Florida are silly. And if you think Hunter Biden's going to get the can. Let us know what you think, listeners. Yeah, and uh, hey, do us a favor, too. Why don't you go over and check out our other channel, the Wiki Wacky Radio Show. Uh, We just put up a new, pretty hilarious April Fool's episode that I think you might enjoy listening to. That's right, it's a pretty good one. One of our best so far, I'd say. And with that, I think that's all I got. Is that all you got? Yes, sir. All right. Listeners, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, YouTube, and many other major platforms. You can also check out our website at contemporaryconservative.net for more info and content there. And be sure to tune in next time to hear what we have to say. And as always... Thanks for listening.